explain to me what we were talking about before about the Ladato Sea and the importance of that to this project? This was an amazing document that came out from Pope Francis in, I think it's 2015. It deals with the whole of the environmental situation. It deals with trickle-down economics. It deals with poverty at every level on the planet. It was a revolutionary document. I was talking about before about the shift in cosmology and I just found a quote here. It cannot be emphasised enough how everything is interconnected. And then another bit there, a good part of our genetic code is shared by many living things. And it follows that the fragmentation of knowledge and isolation of bits of information can actually become a form of ignorance unless they're integrated into a broader vision of reality. When we speak of environment, what we really mean is a relationship between nature and the society in which it lives. Nature can't be regarded as something separate from ourselves or a mere setting in which we live. We are part of nature, included in it and in constant interaction, and then it goes on. Now, that's a whole shift in cosmology. That's the sort of thing that Air and mm. Earth is on about. And now it's come from the top. Yes. And um, I'm fascinated too that one of our schools, like Kildare, is making this document integrated right through the whole school. And that's as mm. of this year. So th this was a just a, a momentous document. moment. Mm. So when you were presenting that to the board, is that to... Is that well, what, what I was uh, putting forward for us to think about further as a board were the action goals that have been put together from, from this document and I would need them in front of me to be able to, to mm. say what they were. But yes, but as, as an Air and Earth board, we we're, and it, they're, they're part of our strategic plan that's been developed uh, for the next few years, we, we're, we're aware of which of these goals line up with the actions that we're actually doing in the plan. So tell me about the future of Air and Earth, <laughs> you, two, you two founders. <laughs> what are its chief goals for the next five years, for the next part of the strategic plan? Kay, it's over to you. I've actually moved out of Air and Earth and I've moved off the Board of Management so um, it's not part of my world at the moment in that board sense. Why don't you tell me what what you see as the future vision of Erinur, Carmel? What would you like it to be? I do think there is a shift in Erinurth. Um, the spirituality question has always been there. I would like to see it be a place where people of all faiths or no faith can come together and experience the profound spirituality of being connected into a, um, yeah, a garden, an environment like that. I see the Indigenous spirituality being really important um, to air and earth. My hope is that that shifting cosmology 
is more and more part of Erin Earth and it's celebrated at the centre of Erin Earth in that windmill which tells the story of that connection that we now realise is a creation story that belongs to all human beings on this planet. Originally, every Indigenous group had its own separate creation stories and that's something that Margaret Mead discovered back in the 1930s. Now we have a creation story that belongs to the human race and I would like to see that spirituality of connectedness be more and more part of Erin Earth. Is that something that you agree with? Oh, yes, yes, most certainly, and, and something that I've experienced in, in my own self and, mm. and, and therefore would, uh, would love to help that, yes, help that continue for others, mm. yes. So tell me um, about the goals for, or, you know, yes, the, well, the um, Yes, there, there are four uh, goals that are set out in our plan at any rate. So the first is that we model, support and contribute to earth awareness and ecological justice in our local community and beyond. So people experience a sense of awe and wonder through awareness of the universe story and scientific knowledge. Uh, regular use of the cosmic walk is an educative and consciousness-raising experience, so that's, that's underway. The group is currently meeting, uh, looking at how do they want to tell the story all, all around uh, the grounds in, a, in its physical interpretation and then in the content yes. of, mm. of the story. So... People are meeting about that well, already. That's exciting. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yes. <laughs> so that air and earth is known as a place that promotes ecological justice. That is a right relationship between people, plants, animals, soils, water <laughs> and air. And that people understand earth's crises and the importance of adopting sustainable living practices. And do you think so, that's happening? Oh, yes. Very oh, much been, so. Yes, yes. Yes, that that yeah. understanding has grown hugely mm. over these years throughout, you know, the, the whole community. Uh, and the climate change yeah. crisis mm. has made it proceed more rapidly. Yes. Sustainability yes. now is part of our language. Mm. I get fascinated now. I was at Woolies the other day and um, no more plastic bags. And I just watch mm. people like myself now carry alternative plastic bags in our handbags. Yes. Now, that would have been unheard of just a few years ago. We now grow vegetables. But, I mean, you've only got to turn on the radio and, and listen to what's happening and the debates that are happening. And, and um, yesterday I, I turned it on while I was having lunch and um, I heard about a new suburb in Melbourne that's going to be uh, totally energised by renewables. It's great. And that it? that's been planned and, and, yes, I thought, wow. <laughs> so you can sit up having your lunch and you could learn all these wonderful things that are going on all around, all these wonderful projects. And it has to be done. 
if we go above 1.5 degrees, mm. we're in real problems. It's going to be hideous for our children and grandchildren. Mm. Mm. Yes. Well, it already is hideous for people like in the Pacific. Oh, and, well, look so at the uh, look at our Lismore. Have they announced if we're going to hit 1.5 yet? It's very close. Isn't we're it? terribly close. Yes, I yes. don't mean to be a bit of a negative Nelly there. We're but... terribly close. But let's mm. just hope. I think there's been a mammoth shift in Australian thinking in the last six months and part of it has been tied into the argy-bargy of the elections. We've suddenly moved from... Uh, what was it, 25% to 43%? Yes. And that's written into law in the last week. How do you think that Air and Earth has helped raise awareness of, of all of these issues that you say are now daily conversation pieces? Look, the very existence of a space like Air and Earth right in the heart of the city, hmm. I believe in itself has shifted some consciousness or even raised questions. And I mm. do know, um, ah, talking to some of the people on the local council, politics goes through all the seesaws of something's in and something's out. Air and Earth has been a stable point for 25 mm. years. Yes, Yes. And that's made a big difference and I gather talking to some of the people from council that's made a difference in terms of giving them heart. Mm. Yes, longevity is important. It's, it engenders trust, mm. doesn't it? That's it right. is. Yes. It's that yes. continuity of something, mm. continuity of a message. That's been important. Yes. Tell us your next action and, goal. Okay. We demonstrate sustainable living to our local community. So under that, we inform and encourage sustainable living practices across the Wagga Wagga community. Air and Earth is well known and recognised as a place, amongst others, that demonstrates and educates about sustainable living to the local community. And an organisational sustainability plan is developed and implemented to reduce air and earth's environmental impacts. So that's still ongoing. So that's Constant ongoing. reduction of your own Yes, impact. yes, mm. that's right. And, and constantly evaluating that and, and seeing whether it's really happening and, um, mm. yes. I think when we way back started to talk about water-wise gardens, yes. that was quite a new concept at that's that stage. That's right, yes. And um, we worked very closely with Riverina Water and that was about introducing at least one local plant into your backyard. Um, they're plants that have been living in this climate for a couple of million years. Mm. There has been a shift in native gardening. Mm. Um, it, it came in back in the, I don't know, 60s or 70s and it turned out that a lot of the native gardens fell to pieces because they weren't maintained. I think what's happened is we've come going into a second phase of native gardening with a lot more knowledge and a realisation that because something is native, 
it's not necessarily going to be water-wise. The ones that are water-wise will be the ones that come from the deserts. Mm. Australia has a whole range of native plants mm. and some of them are rainforests and need a lot of water. Yes. Whereas once upon a time we just thought because they grew in Australia, therefore they were water-wise. Yes, yes. So we've become more sophisticated About in that. our understanding mm. of all of that. The other thing we have become much more knowledgeable about is biodiversity because of our extinction rate. There's so much now, particularly on um, ABC programs. Mm. We ha- And, of course, then you've got um, the shift to, in the last 20 years, of the David Attenborough world. And Brian Cox, mm. those yes. two. Oh, yes, the handsome one. Yes, yes, <laughs> <That's right>. yes. <laughs> Those two people have come into our living rooms mm. and that has changed a lot of thinking. Mm. I mean, even the other night for the Queen's 70th birthday, what should happen at the at beautiful hours concert put on for the Queen finished up with David Attenborough. Ah, yeah. right. did it? The Platinum Concert. And do you have a lot more, like are you finding that there's more people interested in being volunteers and joining the board? Uh, no, no, we're not. There are people coming, but one of the big shifts is in the way our lives are structured today where both parents are working. So you tend to get people when they move into retirement. Yes, um, yes. So the volunteer structure is therefore very fluid mm. to enable the retired people to have their holidays, mm. their overseas trip. Well, COVID's changed COVID's everything. COVID's changed that, yeah. Um, <laughs> but we, we need a lot more volunteers, uh, but there are new ones starting to come again. Yes, yes, that's right. That does seem to be happening. We need the yeah. next generation now because we've been around for 25 years. Yes. yes. So, I mean, is that a big drive to get, say, the next generation, uh, like mm. people in their 30s and 40s? Is that well, people in, people in their early 60s. Even. <laughs> See, because mm. what's happened is our, six, our 60s have now moved into their 80s. So we've got some very elderly volunteers mm. I think it's important that um, our new staff um, are young, young people who are carefully evaluating how to reach younger people, at least with the message, even if they don't come and be volunteers. And also having someone among the staff who is IT aware and very conscious of social messaging through Facebook and so forth. That's how they're That's doing Karis, it. yes. Um, and they're also evaluating how that's responded to because apparently younger people now aren't aren't doing so much of Facebook. No, so, no, so they're not. Facebook is you um, have to is, yeah. is um, populated by. Um, Old, older than, yes, older that than has 40. Happened. Yes, that and has that, happened. And that's yes. okay too, like older than 40, they need to know too. Yeah. But, yes, uh, yes. But you need younger people in there who know mm. where, where to go and, mm. and send the message. Yes. yes, even getting the message out and something yes. like the podcast. Mm. Yes, yes, that's right. You know, that lots, yes. of, lots of working people <laughs> listen to as they're they going do. about their day. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and the funny part has been that in doing that, they recently missed out on the people in the 70s and 80s 
<laughs> because they were wanting emails oh. and, and wanting messages. And they were like, so, where's our... Yes, they were, their noses our... were quite out of joint because yes. it was done through, I don't know, Twitter? What, what would it be? Instagram? Instagram. Instagram. Instant yes. messenger, maybe? Yeah, all of that. WhatsApp. Yeah. Yes. And the list goes on. <laughs> I know, I know. So that's a real drive we haven't talked about, the need for the next generation to get mm. involved. But these goals sound mm. like they're, 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 they're yeah. inspirational to the next generation. Mm. I think so. And I think the third one's important. It's what nourishes and, and keeps you connected with the core of it all. It's that we connect with the heritage, values and wisdom of the Presentation Sisters and First Nations people so that Air and Earth is known as a place that promotes a respectful understanding of Presentation Sisters' story and Air and Earth is known as a place that promotes a respectful understanding of First Nations peoples and is committed to reconciliation and that Air and Earth is a place of well-being and healing. Uh, that's where that Soul Space Saturday is yes. going to be important. Yes. Um, the one that's only just started. And is that in the garden or somewhere else? It's a one and a half hour structure. The first half hour is input and over the last, it's only started a few months ago, so most of it has been Indigenous. Yes, Karen Kime has done quite a bit of it and... The next one coming up is going to be on the shifting cosmology. And so that's the input. The next half is being in the garden and letting the garden speak to you. And then they have a cuppa. It's very and, simple. And share what you want to. Share mm. what might have happened for you if, if you mm. want to. And we'd like to eventually see it right across all the different faith groups in Wagga or people with no religious connection, mm. and we'd like it across all ages. Mm. And we don't know where that's going to go, but it's just Soul Space Saturday. And, and the last goal here is that we are a not-for-profit organisation that is adaptable, sustainable, well-resourced and compliant. <laughs> so <laughs> there are quite a number of things bringing that about. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, actually. Um, I'll, I'll just mention some of them. Air and Earth has financial sustainability and a workable management agreement that guides its future directions post-funding from the Presentation Sisters. So that's, uh, that's the big going thing. to be worked on. What happens when we're gone? That mm. is exactly what I, that was like, that seems an appropriate point to lead to that. Yes, What happens yes. when, when that's you're right. gone? Mm. And, um, and, and hopefully we can work out something with the Presentation Sisters too mm. so that we're not just ruling that out. But uh, yeah. So then um, Air and Earth has effective governance and meets all its corporate compliance requirements. <laughs> we deliver our desired outcomes and outputs through an effective and impactful operational model. Mm. Mm. So this very a group working on the um, communications. Succession planning is an established practice and includes staff well-being and professional learning. So uh, 
We recently had um, an induction session for staff and board members on Nana Nagel's life, the foundress of the Presentation Sisters, and mm-hmm. and what we what's our core, what we're really on about, and yeah, that. And how did everybody like that? Because if you oh, don't yeah. know the Nano Nagel story, it's so amazing. It Ooh. is amazing. Like, yes, mm-hmm. and that's how it came across to people. Yes. Mm. Yes. Something I mean, something worth hearing. Yes, like I'd and, forgotten about it. As soon as you started talking about it again, I was like, the Presentation Sisters are amazing. You yes. get. Like yes. The story yeah. behind mm. you and your that's right, and and the mm. um and the core message. Mm. It's like you were saying; it's important that the people that run mm. Air and Earth understand that. Mm. Yes, yes. And so last year on Presentation Day, mm. which is twenty first of November, we had a, a a time at Air and Earth. We had a gathering of all the garden volunteers and other volunteers and the. Um, leadership group from um, Kildare College mm. next door, about 22 of them, I think, and uh, and sisters, the, the sisters who could come and wanted to come. And so, yes, we had a, a kind of a time mm. just remembering Nano's work and connecting it with the work of Air and Earth mm. and how, that's, how, how that is connected and how it came about. So That was beautifully done. Yes. Mm. So that's succession planning. So a garden plan is continuously refined and shared. So there's a garden committee particularly working on that. A communications, marketing and promotion strategy is continuously reviewed and refined. So there's a a communications group working on that at the moment. A diverse and inclusive volunteer base is motivated by an effective and proactive engagement, recruitment and induction strategy ensuring air and earth capacity. It's very ambitious, this. uh... The big (laughs) challenge is to make those very corporate-type words real. Mm. Yes, yes, Mm. that's right. Establish partnerships and engagement with businesses, industry and local government are based on shared purpose, similar values and mutual benefits and enable us to leverage existing resources and be an effective member of the global movement to protect the planet. Yeah, that's that's a big one. But we, when it comes down to the local thing, look how Air and Earth is currently partnering with the um, ProPatria um, oh, group, help, helping uh, veterans, the war, war veterans here, who oh. took over the um, – they've now bought – the Carmelite convent, oh. the Carmelites mm. have all gone down to Melbourne and that, that whole building and land is there and they want to develop vegetable gardens and, and a similar thing to Air and Earth. Really? And so Air and Earth is helping in whatever ways by our gardener going there for a certain number mm. of hours a week and um, they consult him and he helps them with that work. And also we've helped the board with the policies that the board, our board has arrived at or, or our staff has arrived at also in case so they don't have to redo things that, um, yeah. yeah that, mm. so, so that, so that, is that a kind of, that's a true partnership. Yes. Yes, um, yes. And there's partnerships going on with some of the preschools who, who are developing little vegetable gardens and, and so forth. Yes, 
So, um, so that is actually happening. So it's actually happening. Oh, that's happening. Yes. Yeah. And when we talk about the whole planet, the um, presentation sisters are connected with the United Nations. And so air and earth's work is often reported at our international level. And, and then it gets carried over into the reports of the United yeah. Nations. We've always got a so, team of sisters living in New York working with the United Nations. And that really interests our people at Air and Earth. They're mm. very keen about being part of the United Nations. <laughs> I sparked up too. Wasn't I? <laughs> yes. And the fourth, the last one here. The important contribution of all Erinus volunteers is acknowledged and celebrated at various times throughout the year. So that's wonderful stories going. among the volunteers. And a lot of them now, as I said, are in their 80s. Mm. But they've given 20 years of enormous service. Yes. yes. And still are. When you see a woman in her middle 80s doing a whole, the spread of morning tea, for an event, as this, this was two weeks ago, mm. Joe McGurr planted a tree and mm. one of the women volunteers did the full spread of morning tea and she's 87. Yes, yes isn't it? It is remarkable. Yes. Ah, oh, the goodness. So. Yes. Do you find that? Have you, I mean. I get a bit at times just overawed at People's mm. generosity. Yes, yes. And you know, their keenness about the project. Yeah. You know, they, they love it. They think it's worthwhile. Mm. And they want the whole of the community to know about it. I can see why. Mm. What have been the highlights of you two working and living together, mm. you know, um, over the years? Highlights and lowlights of the mm. two of you working together on this project? <sighs> We spark one another off with our excitement about it. We do. Um, and also and we that, come from very different perspectives and that's yeah. really useful. And, and we've had to work at that. Mm. Uh, like I've said earlier, we, we have needed to work. We found out early we needed to really work at that relationship so that that was real and, and not something put on for people who came through the gate <laughs> sort of thing because of our differences, mm. yes, and just, just learning to live and work together. But um, I, I think uh, I learn a lot from Carmel because Carmel's a reader and she says, see what you think about this, and she passes a book on to me or something. And, and, and I, I, I sort of read it and then we end up reading it with a group sort of thing. So, yes, I, we, we learn from one another's gifts. I think it's been, for me, the shared vision and spirituality, it's that deep, deep understanding of where we all fit within our planet and our cosmos. Also, because of that shift in cosmology, we've had to reframe, rethink where our Christian story fits. And that isn't something just happening for us. That's happening within Christianity all over. It's happening in all faiths. Mm. It's happening in the human race. Mm. And um, just teasing out and 
You know, I went through various stages way back of what I look back as my atheistic passive times. Mm. I now have, because of my community, a rich worldview and spirituality that keeps me going and profoundly influences me every day. Like I walk Willens Hill now and I walk in a community of mm. trees and bugs and everything that are part of me and I have a God now that is a mystery of connection and love. Now that's, um, that sounds, yeah, and it's, and something I really want to share and that's why I get so excited about this whole bigger understanding of this mystery of whatever God is. And see, when you're on a journey like this, and, and I'm on this journey too, you need some like-minded people around you to help mm. you because it can be quite a lonely journey at times. And that's another thing, Kay. One of the things that keeps me going is that group of women, they're mostly our age, mm. they're in their 70s and 80s. We meet once a month and we share our study of all the newest type of thinking in the theological world. Soul Space Saturday will, is another place mm. that really gives us meaning and heart. I just would love to see this developed and given to children. The wonder yes. and awe and yes. connection, yes. I think, is the core of where any spirituality yes. for, for children needs to go. I had kids recently. Uh, this was, uh, it was the orientation day for Kildare. And all these year sevens. And I happened to have two dogs with me. And anyway, watching the kids dive towards the dogs. But then the conversation about, you know, you're related to a zucchini and you, you're related to Tilly and you're related to Gus and having kids begin to think about their relationships and what does the relationship mean because if a relationship is a true relationship, at its core is respect and that's the... That's the Wiradjuri use of the word Yindiyamara, yes. which is respect, which is at the core of the Wiradjuri spirituality. What are your hopes and dreams, both of you, for the future of Air and Earth, particularly in the current global context of climate change? <sighs> I didn't say they were easy questions. <laughs> no. As I said before, the human-induced climate change because climate change it's not just climate change happening out there it's human induced climate change mm. is a symptom of the way we have become disconnected from our planet our biodiversity our soil our water our air we've been able to live without having to worry about consequences now we know the consequences mm. And, okay, we can take action to alleviate those consequences, 
But underneath it all, I think we need to know the connection. We need to relate differently to our planet. Not just simple things about having no plastic bags because Woolly says we have to. We do it as an act of love and respect. So it comes from a different place inside us. And that's what I'd like to give kids. And I don't think I can say it any better or differently than that. Okay, Kay, I've got a question for you then. Say we're on the 25th year of Air and Earth. Yes. In 25 years' time, we'll be on the 50th year of Air and Earth. And I'd like to play this audio. Um, I'm sure we'll still be able to wheel you both out. But <laughs> just in case we <laughs> Firstly, how do you see Air and Earth operating in 25 years' time? Look, I hope it's adapting to the needs of the time. I'm rather hoping that our wider community has addressed a a, a great deal of what needs to be addressed in this whole area. And um, I I would like to think that Air and Earth has helped that along and that um, that it's supporting it that it's in touch with what's happening and it's in touch with how it responds uh, to whatever the needs are at the time. And I I think as far as the spiritual underpinning of it all, that's not going to change. Mm. So I I would hope that that, that the core focus of, uh, yes, the deep respect for for everything and and whatever is happening is, is... Yes, yeah, so I would rather hope that the core values and beliefs are still being lived out in, in, in whatever way it's actually done, you know, and the projects that are actually needed to happen. And how about you, Carmel? How would you like to see it in 25 years' time? In the interim, I'd like to see it be an increasing support for teachers to help them in this shift, this cosmological shift, because teachers walk a a tough path. So I'd like to see the teacher thing increase. I think it will probably be an integral part of the school next door, which is Kildare, I would like to see it as a place of healing, a place of reflection, a place of connection. And I say that because at this stage, the role of the church is totally changing and What's going to take the place of that? I would like to see people across all faiths having a place where they can come together and hold the suffering of the world, the pain of war, disorientation, also a place of community and joy and barbecues and life. Yeah, Hmm. I'd like to see it belonging to the whole of the Wagga community. What advice would you like to give to the 
to the school children who ca currently visit your garden, what advice would you like to give to them about looking after the earth? I'd like them to bring a magnifying glass. <laughs> Be careful of it in summer because I've seen the boys start to burn things. But I'd like to see them notice, look, smell, feel, touch, listen, just sit and be with it because that's a skill that a lot of it's, a lot of it's been lost because we sit in front of a television screen. So I want them to be engaged with mm. the slugs and the snails and the centipedes and the bugs of all sort. I'd also, yeah, like them to get, ex to get excited, to be full of wonder. And, if, and I want them to jump and play and hop and climb and do all of that. If they have awe, I think things are going to be okay. Okay. How about you? I, I agree with all of that entirely. I, I couldn't say it any better, except I'd like them to take it home and mm. spread it. We had a grandparent-grandkids tadpole day. It was one of our open days. I will never forget it. Mm. I can still see... Groups of children stretched out on the lawn, colouring in all the different sorts of frogs. Then there were another group doing hopping games. And then there were kids who came with their buckets and their sieves to catch tadpoles. And, oh, oh, and then someone brought a whole library of books on frogs. Um, I can still see Alice hopping around with all those kids. <laughs> that sort of engagement, wonderful. Is there anything else that you'd like to say about, about anything, really, that I haven't asked you? I think the magic of that stardust story is, for me, the most powerful, that through a dying supernova, all the Elements of the periodic table were formed. And I remember watching that story in a Brian Cox video and that blew me away. And in the very last stage of a dying mother star are formed the elements in the periodic table that we still hold most sacred, like our gold and our silver and our platinum. So when I look at things that are gold, formed in the last 15 seconds of a dying mother star, that is extraordinary. 